Hi everyone, I'm Greg Lambert, and this is the In Seclusion podcast miniseries. Yesterday, I went virtually to Hawaii to see how the pandemic has affected one of the United States' most remote locations. Today, I get to go to another paradise, albeit a little further north and a lot cooler. Well, Susan, thanks for taking some time to talk with me today. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Susan Falk is the state law librarian at Alaska Court System. So you're and you know at the 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 last frontier there in Alaska and can you just give us a, a little description of the uniqueness of how the Alaska State uh, Court Library is set up and who it is that you are serving there? Sure. Well, we are definitely unique. Uh, we are a giant state with a huge geographical reach and a very small population. So to that end, we're kind of unique right off the bat. But in terms of the library, we are part of the court system. We're a unified court system. Our primary mission is to serve the judges and law clerks and court attorneys and associated people. So supporting the court is the primary mission. Mm -hmm. Alaska is the only state in the country that does not have a law school. So yes. there's no academic law library. We are the one big research facility in the state for a law collection. In addition, we don't have counties. There's just us. So we serve all the self-represented litigants all around the state. And anybody who needs any kind of old Alaska material that's not online, they come to us too. So the short answer is that we serve everybody. We only circulate to court staff and to the bar. But other than that, our services are for everybody. And we serve the public just as we do anybody and, else. And where where is your library physically located in the state? So I'm in Anchorage. That's our biggest library. All administrative facilities are here. And we have a staff of six people here in Anchorage. We have staffed libraries also in Juneau and Fairbanks, which each have or shortly will have one full-time person. We used to have unstaffed branches all over the state. There were 17 here when I started. We dropped down to 16 about nine years ago. But over the last two or three years, we have closed all of the physical rooms of those unstaffed branches. And this was a decision that was not really mine, but it was a combination of um, saving money and also the busiest courts where perhaps we could have most used those unstaffed branches were also the places where space was at a premium. And so the two busiest unstaffed places were the first two we closed and that space was swooped up and used for other purposes immediately. So we still have a patron access computer with a portal to all of our electronic databases and, and other resources in all 16 of those places, but we only have libraries where you can go in and get a book off the shelf and talk to a person in Fairbanks, Juneau, and the main library here in Anchorage. Okay. So to that end, I, I know I'm anticipating your next question a little bit, but we have been pushing towards greater digital access and trying to get resources to people who can't physically come into our space for some time now. And we were already making this greater shift pre-pandemic to a certain extent, we were pretty well positioned to make that switch be a little bit more complete than we had intended. Yeah, that's what I was wondering is, you know, as the, uh, in fact, I think we've seen this as kind of a theme for everyone that over the last 10, 12 years, there's been more push to go online, have things in the cloud uh, for other reasons, but it, boy, it uh, has really helped in, in adapting to the work from home and, and the issues that we're 
finding with the pandemic. Oh, there's just a little bit of a, um, the limitation for it for us is that is broadband in the more rural areas and the right. places off, off the road system, which is much of the state. They have much more limited access to the internet in general. You know, the internet can go down. It's not very fast. It's harder for bigger pack, bigger, uh, you know, bigger data, more data. Is it mostly so cell, little, cell service in, in those areas? What's the, what kind of internet service do they get in the rural areas? You know, this might be a question that's a little bit outside my purview, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, I, it's not just cell. There's certainly broadband at, throughout the court system, yeah. but in terms of its speed and reliability, it's certainly not what it is in the bigger population areas. Makes sense. Makes sense. So as as you look back now, I know we're we're seven weeks in to what what was kind of the tipping point for the pandemic, and so how did it affect you there in Alaska, what, you know, what did you have to do to prepare and what did your services look like uh, as the state reacted to the pandemic? So in some ways, Alaska has been in very good shape. Obviously, our geographical isolation helps. And once Canada closed borders, no, you know, nobody could drive in. So there's really just the airport. The governor declared a state of emergency before there was a single confirmed case here in Alaska. So we shut things down pretty early. The uh, governor's mandate that spring break in Anchorage was the second week of March. What is that? The 7th to the 13th or something like that. Schools were all closed starting that next Monday. And it was piecemeal at first, a few weeks here. Okay, let's extend it a little bit more. But basically, schools never reopened after that. Mm. The libraries under the executive branch, all the state public libraries, all closed on March 14th. We stayed open at first beyond that because we're part of the judicial branch, part of the court system. The court was considered essential. Court continued happening although it was scaled back significantly. For that reason, we stayed open for some time. We closed our spaces to the public on March 24th, 10 days later. Okay. We haven't opened since then, but we've, we're all still working, just like many other government librarians. So we are still offering phone and email services. And those numbers have risen dramatically. I, I was just pulling some numbers in preparation of this conversation. And just in Anchorage, just our phone and email reference questions. In January, we had 93, and in February, we had 116. But in March, when we were still open for the first half of the month, that jumped to 178. And in April, just in Anchorage, just our phone and email reference questions jumped to 226. Hmm. So more than twice what they had been pre-pandemic. Basically, just that we have increased our phone and email presence. And we're, we're trying hard to deliver documents as best we can to get people the services they need. Right. We created guidelines as to how we could conduct Westlaw searches for people. You know, you need to tell us exactly what terms to use, exactly what jurisdiction, give us very detailed guidelines. We will perform that search, send you the results, then you can get back to us with what you want, that sort of thing. Yeah. So that it takes all of the fuzzy, we can't do your work for you, we can't tell you what to do out of the equation, but trying to still give as much support as we could. And as I was saying earlier, because our drive to reach people in the bush and just outside of Anchorage in general has increased our electronic presence, we we have a lot of electronic subscriptions that uh, allow us to provide digital material for folks. So trying to fill the needs that way. 
Now you're talking to me. You're actually in your office right now. Um, I am. Yes. Were, was there ever a time where the building itself was closed, even the personnel, or have you always been rotating in? Because we're part of the court and the court has not closed, we have also not closed. Hmm. I, I think it's a little bit fuzzy because you could easily argue that not all of our staff is essential and perhaps we shouldn't have to be here. I think the court is in a tough position in that if the court is essential and some court staff is essential, how do you create a fair playing field where, well, I have to come to work. How come she gets to stay home and yeah. we either both get paid or how come I'm forced to stay home and now I don't get paid when that other person goes to work? So we've, we've stayed open. The building has stayed open. I was quarantined for a couple of weeks after travel. Some of our other staff had two-week quarantines. That Those were imposed by the court right. for anybody who traveled or lived with somebody who traveled. So we currently have two staff members who have been working from home because they are higher risk and they're uncomfortable being here. Mm. The bigger problem is they are paraprofessional staff who don't necessarily have a whole lot of computer work as part of their regular duties, or at least not the kind that can be done remotely. And so other staff has spent enormous time making sure that there is work for these people to do remotely. And frankly, we will not have an unlimited pool of projects. These right. are all back burner projects and there's, they're going to be completed at some point and we're going to have to figure out what to do about those folks at that time. And, and that's, that's still an open question. So are you making plans right now? Do you have a phased plan in order to reopen the doors eventually? We're working on it right now. I, I anticipate we'll probably be open. It, it's weeks at this point, not months. We're, we're maybe looking at end of May, beginning of June, although I hesitate to yeah. <laughs> commit to a particular date. Uh, it's, but a, in particular, it's a fluid goal. <laughs> sure, sure. The, the state has begun to reopen. Alaska started phase one, I want to say on May 1st, right around then. But they've already leapt to phase two, and there hasn't been that much time left to see what happens with the surge of cases. So we're not in a giant hurry to jump that line. Uh, just this week, the governor put out a new health mandate allowing libraries to reopen. That doesn't mean they're all about to reopen. And we also don't feel the need to be on the forefront of that. But at the moment, we're dealing with things like how do we spread our computers out so they're far enough away? You know, how do we, what do we do about patrons who maybe come in and don't want to wear a mask and can we require them to do so? How can we circulate materials safely? So we're, we're still hammering out the same details that everybody else is hammering out. But to the extent that we can serve people remotely and continue to offer increased document delivery and keep them out of the doors, we prefer that. Yeah. We're also probably looking at more limited hours because we're gonna, we have fewer people who can be at the reference desk. We don't wanna have to sit at the reference desk wearing a mask for long stretches of time. So we're gonna keep those shifts shorter. And we also need more time to clean. So we're, we're probably looking at reduced public hours. But so we're, we're working on all of that. We're not done. Right, right. And what about the service for the courts themselves? Has there been any type of change in the way that they've been requesting services? Have they been doing more phone and email or has it always just been that way? There've been a lot of changes. I'm, I'm not exactly sure where we are right at this minute uh, in terms of what procedures have come back and where they all are. But 
Um, most civil procedures were largely stayed. Jury trials were all canceled, uh, things like that. And those things are starting to come back or the court is making the same plans to roll those back slowly. But like us, not, not everything ended. Some things continued. Right. Emergency procedures like arraignments and DV, that all continued. And the, they're trying to figure out how to roll back into greater service without compromising safety. So far, not a single court employee has tested positive. So we're trying to keep it that way. And then what about their request from the library services, the courts, the judges? Um, has there been any a- adjustment that for the services that they need from the library? It hasn't been dramatic. To the extent that people need anything from us, they generally call or email. I'm sure there are some people who would have walked in who now are calling or emailing. There have been a couple times where somebody in the building has needed a book, and I'm perfectly happy to check that book out to that person and meet them in the lobby and put the book down, and they pick it up, and we try to keep distanced and that sort of thing. But our numbers are low, so that sort of print circulation has worked. There have been a couple times where a member of the public has contacted us and said, I need to print out this document for court. How can I do that? And both times, I I think it's literally just been twice, and both times we've been able to say, okay, email us your document, we'll print it, give us a call when you're here, when you're going through security, and we'll put it outside the library doors and you can come pick it up. And both times there's been some external reason why that then didn't work out on their end. So we haven't actually done that yet at all. Mm-hmm. But given how low the demand is, it's very easy for us to fill the occasional, especially if we're not advertising it, if we're just saying, yes, we can help you out when they actually seek us out. Gotcha. So that hasn't been too difficult. Okay. Well, now now comes the hard part where I'm going to ask you to, to gaze into your crystal ball and, uh, and <laughs> look, look into the future. Do you think this has accelerated anything that may have taken additional years before the court would have would have adapted it or the, the library would have adapted it, but now that you're doing it, that you think it will continue? I honestly don't think we're going to have a lot of dramatic changes, especially because we were on this trajectory of greater remote service before the pandemic hit. So for example, one of the things we implemented when we closed our branch libraries, we'd already, we'd always had a toll-free number for people to call within Alaska to go to our reference desk. But we set up a new phone number that would ring at all of our desks simultaneously. We created this new library hotline with the idea being that if somebody was calling us from one of our public access computers in, say, Nome, we didn't want them to have to leave a message, and then we didn't know how quickly we would call back because they're sitting there at the computer, right? That sort of situation. Yeah. So we, we set up this new system where it rings on everybody's phone at once, somebody picks it up, and if nobody picks it up, it goes to a special voicemail that we can all monitor. And it's worked pretty well for us to help folks out. That was in place in February. We just got it off the ground, mm-hmm. and that has was very fortuitous timing. That sort of thing is what we're going to rely on even more. And I think in the, in the short-term future, even if we do open our doors soon, we're going to encourage people to stay away as much as possible and allow us to support them at a distance. And I suspect most people will want to not come in physically if they don't have to. And that was always a service we offered previously. You know, if, if an attorney needed a 
an article, we, we would be happy to email them that article. They don't have to come into the library for that. And that sort of thing I just see becoming the new normal more than it was previously. All right. Well, Susan, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to talk with me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Greg. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again to Susan Falk for joining me. Remember, we may all be in seclusion, but we're in this together. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter at at Glambert. In Seclusion is produced by Janice Anderson. The music is from Jerry David DeSicca. I'll see you tomorrow.